there isn't enough time in this world, there isn't enough time in this reality to investigate all the questions that have eluded all the generations that came before us, all the answers to the questions that we want to know. What is life? Is it an experiment? Is it a mere accidental event? Is it a, a blip in all time and space? Was it just a darn right mistake from some superior being? What is it? I think that these questions are worthwhile seeking, but at the same time, I also believe that we are finite beings. And in being finite beings, we're part of a grand, huge canvas of reality that we now think of as space and time, but we're not enough to travel all space and time, enough to search all space and time and finally get the answers that we want. I think that it's very important that at some point we come to terms with the realization that we will never know. We will never know all the answers to the questions we want to know. And coming to terms with that is okay. I think it's perfectly fine. I think it's part of the experiment that is life. It's part of this reality. Not to know everything. I think it's what makes life worthwhile. I mean, this is why we pursue goals. This is why we reach for the stars. Because in this reality, it's worthwhile to know things. And it's a blessing not to know everything. If we knew everything, then reality would cease to mean anything. But it means something because there are limits. And there are corners and reaches to reality that we have not been to and that's what makes everything so awestruck that's what makes everything so worthwhile and i think this this opinion and i think this is what makes our reality so interesting you know when you leave a religion that has misinformed you all your life i have seen a lot of people come to the conclusion that there is no God. Now, I respect a person that has finally realized that they have been misinformed by religions such as uh, Catholicism, for example, or religions such as uh, Mormonism, for example. I know they try and distance themselves from that name, but just because they're trying to misinform the public by calling themselves by a new terminology we can call them out on that and say, we know who you are. We know what you sell and what you're selling at the end of the day is nothing more than misinformation from the Bible. Who is Jehovah? Who is Yahweh? Is it worthwhile to know this person or is it worthwhile to just say, you know what? I don't believe in that anymore. I was misinformed all my life. I think part of the problem with people that leave misinforming religions, which is all of them, every single one of them, and they come to the conclusion that there is no God, I think it's a cop-out. I feel it, it, I'm sorry to say, I think it's a cop-out. I think that people simply get tired of trying to find that answer, and I think people 
are so withered and tired of having been misinformed all their lives. You know, some of these people were talking 30, 40, 50 years of their lives. But I think it's still worthwhile to understand what it is that you never understood in the first place, which I'm talking about the Bible. There are many distinct works of literature that we dedicate time to, and we don't have all the answers to. I remember when I read the Iliad, I was so fascinated by the Iliad. I love the way Stanley Labardo translated all the wording, the Greek wording into our language. I, I, I was awestruck by it. But I also remember that while I was reading it, I finally realized that he wasn't the only translator, that there was other translators of the Iliad. And uh, <laughs> those translations, they were good. I mean, you know, but they, they, didn't, they didn't wow me, you know, they didn't captivate my imagination the way Stanley Lombardo did. And I finally realized that the way you translate things means something. The way we translate from one language to another means something. And if we really want to know what the Bible is, which it is at the end of the day, even if you don't believe in it, it still remains a work of art and a work of literature, a work of history. I think these things, even if you don't believe in it, if you think that it's not from a divine origin, I think it still holds keys for you. I'm talking you in particular, a person that doesn't believe in it. I think it still holds keys that you'll need to understand the past because understanding the past is the way that you'll finally understand your present. To know the past is to know the present. You know, the things you see around you, the way that politicians misinform people, you could look into works of arts like the Bible and understand these events before they happen. There are a lot of people today being misinformed by politicians and people that are so self-centered, they're, they're so closed-minded that they believe that one political party is all evil and the other politi political party is all good are also being misinformed because like the saying goes no one is all good and no one is all bad all the time knowing the past we can understand what's going on today and you can hopefully hopefully stop an event like what happened to you for the last five for the last 10 15 20 30 40 years of your life from happening again in the time that you have left. Because if you do not understand what happened to you, well, it could happen again, couldn't it? Couldn't some other person out there, maybe a so-called scientist or a studied person or a, a literate, couldn't that person also, also play the same mind tricks and also elude reality from your mind? Couldn't that happen again? That could happen again. Because we didn't learn the first time. We simply said there is no God and that's it. Oh, now I know. Now I know there's no God. That's not the point. And I'll, I will say that to the last day of my life. I, that's not the point. The point isn't that, oh, well, now I know that the Bible is false. So God is false. I don't need to worry about this stuff ever again. I don't think it's that simple. 
I think it's a lot more complicated. And the complexities of what happened to us in, in life, if we don't understand those things, you are, you are susceptible. You are susceptible of being misinformed again. I see people glued to social networks. I see them, their eyes glued to them. And the way their minds are just eating up all the bull crap that they're selling, the way they're just consuming images into their brain, consuming information into their brains, believing, believing that this is fact. I mean, sure, there is factual information out there, but at the same time, there is also misconstrued, half-truths, misinforming information out there. And we can be very susceptible if we don't understand that that, those tools that some people that sell their messages online also utilize the same tools, the same misinforming tools as whatever cult you escape from uses. We need to understand that in order to understand what's happening around us because that trap, that trap that we fell into in the cult, there are other traps being planted out there by social networks, by people that are selling their message on social networks, by the media themselves, by propaganda media. Yeah, propaganda is one of the tools that Jehovah's Witnesses rely heavily on. Propaganda is an evil message that they're not the only ones that use it. There are news outlets today that use it. Are you aware? Are, 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 you, are, are you still susceptible? Or did you just say, I don't believe in God? And that's just that. And now I know everything. Now I'm going to you know, bury my face in social media the next 10 hours of my life. So it, I think it's very important that we take some time and we try to gain a little bit of knowledge of what happened in order to understand if there are any other sinkholes or mines that we don't know of in front of our path. You know, this is attainable. It just requires a little bit of effort. And my hope is that we give a message with tools, tools to people. And that's part of the reason that uh, this podcast still exists is because I hope one day and pretty soon to put content that will at least illustrate or at least show examples of how you could protect yourself from these kind of things, misinformation and mind tricks. Because uh, an element of all these tools, a combination of all these tools is what creates brainwashing. You know, once you combine propaganda with misinformation, with something that is a truth, but it's a half-truth, with a new terminology, and uh, in the case of cults, with close-knit groups, tight-knit groups, where they're closed off from other groups, you create a cult, but you create also a misinforming cult, right? And, and or... The media uses a lot of these tools. Maybe they, they don't use the tight-knit group tool, but they'll use the propaganda tool. And what are the dangers in that? Are you now consuming such extremist media propaganda? Because if you are, 
then there's no difference than what you were doing before inside the cult. The cult was shoving down propaganda down your throat. You didn't realize it. And you enjoyed it when you sat there in the seat just eating it all up, eating all that lard propaganda up. Is it happening again? You know, or are you doing it on online? Is is this where you're getting all your information and the same thing? It's nothing more than propaganda. You know, is there background music tied to it where the background music is swaying you a certain way for you to think a certain way? It's important that we don't repeat the old mistakes. You know, religion, if by now you haven't figured it out, every single one is false. There is no religion out there that you can say, well, that's the right one. Because if there's organized religion, then already it has deviated from the message that was, that is the Bible. The message that comes from Jesus Christ. If you still believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe in who he was, you would clearly understand that he didn't make a religion. He made a way of life. And this way of life, yes, it has a form of organization where there is, you know, God on top and us at the bottom, (laughs) all human beings. But this is the layout of the land. But there isn't an organized way to faith. You know, there was nothing organizational about the evildoers that died on the side of Jesus Christ. Never organized anything. And yet saved somehow. How did this happen? You know, there was nothing great about the prodigal son. If anything, there was a lot of not so great things about him. And yet he's a prime example of how to be a man that gets forgiven. He's the marker to hit. Where was his organization? The same thing with Paul. What organization was paying him? He said it himself. Yes, a pastor does deserve his salary. But as Paul said, I never asked. I never needed anything. I never took anything. So where's the organization there? Who was paying him? Nobody. He said it himself. Priscilla and Achilla, they helped him. Help him do what? Get a job. And he had a job through them. He was building tents. Uh, What does this say? What does this say about the whole idea, concept of organized religion? Organized religion is not part of the Bible. And I'm not saying it in a way that I'm advocating for the Bible or against the Bible. We're saying it as what it is. This is the message that's inside of the Bible. Whether you like it or not, that's up to you. You know, that doesn't matter. And in all honesty, I, that's not what we do on this channel. We're not doing evangelism and we're not preaching a certain message, but we're laying out the facts. I am interested in the facts, and I'm sure our listeners, if you're listening, you're a like-minded person. You want to know the facts. The facts are the Bible doesn't sell a concept of organized religion. The Bible does not sell a concept of religion. You know, the, the tribe of Israel didn't think of themselves as a religion. You know, same for the Canaanites. <laughs> the bad guys. These, 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 these were people. You know, in the case of the Israelites, a nation. In the cra- case of the Canaanites, um, not a race, but 
what we know today more is a, a, a people, kind of like Americans. Americans are composed of all kinds of people, right? There's from all walks of life and all skin tones. And yet, at the end of the day, Americans. The Canaanites are the, sim- the same. And there's, a, there's a lot of group of people that compose the Canaanites. People from the desert, people near the sea, and they were all considered Canaanites. Maybe that's why the Israelites wanted their land. Who knows? Because uh, let me tell you, they had a healthy, a healthy amount of land, the Canaanites. And some pretty nice one, too. I mean, just look at the Gaza Strip. Well, not too bad, aside from the terrorist acts that occur every now and then. But it's a, it's a pretty nice place. It's a place that even Westerners like to visit. You know, in, in the end, though, um, after you've informed yourself, after you've learned a thing or two, and maybe this is your interest. Maybe that's what you want to do. You want to get the facts of life. You want the facts of what the Bible is. We're not going to stop doing it, but here's a message for for you. Aside from all of that, eventually, it's very important, I believe, that we get over it. What do, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that life isn't just about trying to learn everything that we can. Sure, it's, it's a worthwhile goal, and if that's your passion, then I would, I would say yes. But at the same time, it's not all of our passions. There's, there's many things that each and every one of us that has escaped the high control group, personal things that you would want to do. I personally am trying to get fitter. I'm trying to do exercise because I used to really enjoy it and I have tried to do it again. And I am implementing it in my life because that's my interest aside from doing what we do here on the podcast. But I think it's very important that in time you get over it. You get over what happened. You get over the um, negative thoughts, the pessimistic thoughts. We get over the thought that we lost so much time. And we realize that the glass is still half full. I think it's a very important outlook in life for all of us. I think we have to have that positive outlook in life in order to enjoy the life that we have, how much life we have left. And it's important that we see it that way and important that we see that we still have so much to live for. Go to school, start a career, uh, make some new friends. They say that one of the reasons that for adults it's so difficult to make new friends is because as adults we tend to cocoon our lives. We, we don't expose our real feelings, right? We always put this front in front of people. We want them to think of us as educated. We want them to think of us as, as handsome or good-looking, uh, happy. And, and we do these. We, 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 won't, we don't let our souls become vulnerable, right? We always put up this front. And that's part of the reason that as adults we can't make new friends because a real friend, a real friend lets doesn't hide his emotions from other friends, right? They, they, he exposes his emotions. He exposes his feelings. And he or she lets known what he really thinks of the other person. That's, that's a real friend. So 
It's difficult. I understand it's very difficult. And this is science. This is psychology. This isn't just my advice. This is this is truth. And I believe this because it's actually that's actually how it's played out in my life. I it's difficult to make friends when we're not vulnerable. And as children, we're always vulnerable, right? We we yell, we scream, we jump. You know, we jump on the top of the chair and we, we pretend to fly. As adults, we're like, yeah, I can't do that because then I'll look foolish. You know, I have a good friend in my life. He always does things that makes us laugh, right? I have a group of friends and he does things that brighten up our day. And we try and do the same for him. And that's just how it is. That's a real friend for each other. We try and do that for each other. We're like-minded people. And it's important that we try and find these friends because otherwise, how do we decorate our lives, right? What are we doing here then? So I think it's very important. You should go for it. Go and do things. Have that positive outlook in life and understand that the person that you were before, you don't want to be that person. So use your time to become the person you always wanted to be. Don't put barriers in your life and say, well, you know, I'm too old or oh, I can't do it. All, all my family and get, get a new family. You know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger said once, they told him that they didn't have time. They didn't have time to exercise because, well, they needed their sleep. And Arnold said, well, sleep faster. And that's, you know, find a way. If you want to have reasons not to be able to do new things in your life, then you're going to find them because you've already told yourself, I lost. That's basically what you're telling yourself. And if you tell yourself you will, gosh darn it, even if you fail, you've already won. And you know why? Because the failure, he fails because he never tries. Winners always win because they fail. And they fail over and over in their lives. And they're not afraid to fail. Because they don't know what most people don't know. That sooner or later, one of those failures is going to turn into a victory. And that's all they need. They just need that one. But a real failure in life, he never even tries. So he's never going to find. He's never going to find that victory because he never tried in the first place. We cannot remain stuck in the past. We have to become new people. We have to be happy. And you only find that by navigating this existence and enjoying your life. If you are the one of the lucky ones, one of the lucky ones that escapes a high control group and or or, or a misinforming political party like we have so many today. And you've escaped that. And your, your spouse, you were lucky enough to help your spouse or your family members, and they came with you. And I'm talking specifically your spouse. Because I'm a married person, and I, I know the fear. You know, there was a huge fear when I finally escaped my high-control group. And there was a, a fear that, uh, all kinds of consequences would come to my marriage because that's the way high control groups are. You know, they, they try and keep the members brainwashed. And I was afraid I wouldn't be able to help my spouse, but I did. And the way I did it was with love. 
I became the best version of myself. I became the better version of myself than the cold version of myself. And it helped me. And whenever I could, it wasn't every day, but whenever I could, I would ask, uh, you know, thought invoking questions. Well, how would you feel about this? How would you feel about that? But I learned the hard way to stop prying and pushing. I, I had to learn that the hard way. But the one thing I did, and I knew because I had heard a psychologist, and that was that you have to show love and care and interest. And that was something that helped me. So I'll, I'll always advocate for that. I think it's very important that you help your family members, but you're going to have to do it with love. Be the very best version of yourself. Don't leave it cold and then say, well, <laughs> now I can do all kinds of senseless things. I don't know why I did a nerd there. <laughs> I don't know why I channeled the nerd there, but anyways. Don't don't leave a cult and then say, you know, you could do all kinds of senseless things. I could do drugs. I could uh, do all kinds of dumb conduct. You know, people that are really successful in life, most people, not all, but most people, they realize that that's a waste of time. They genuinely value their time. They're very efficient people. They're productive people with their lives. And being productive means not wasting time on things that harm your health harm your friends, harm your relationships. So, so be the best version of yourself and debunk those preconceived notions that people in the cult still have about you. Be the very best version of yourself. You know, go out, get a gym membership, get fit, be happy, put a smile on your face. No one wants to be like someone that's moping around crying about what happened to him or her and this and what they did to him or her. Be a better person. That's the best revenge you can be. You can have if that's what you're after. But I'm not advocating for revenge. That's not what you should do. But what I'm saying is become a new person. Become a better person. I want to say one last thing, though, in, in this episode. And that's something that, you know, I, uh, that's something that I've thought about a bit. And that's uh, don't apologize for who you are. Don't apologize for being happy. Don't apologize for searching your goals and trying to reach for the stars. Don't apologize for that. You know, enough time was wasted in our lives. We, the last thing we need is still time to be used up in our lives to apologize to cult members. Don't apologize. Be the very best version of yourself. Be happy with your life and go and reach for the stars. You know, even in the Bible, you'll find the similar message. You know, Jesus himself taught not to waste time. Look at Luke ten seven. Don't go house to house. Why? Because it's a waste of time. You're wasting time from something that's very important. In his case, the gospel. In our case, is life. Why would we waste more time when all we want is to have gotten the time back, the time wasted? And now the only thing we could do is use our time productively and efficiently and use it in a way that makes us happy so don't apologize for who you are and don't try and shy away from being happy 
you know, just because someone else is like, oh, you know, most co- high control groups, you know, that's what they say, that you're never going to be happy, that you'll never find happiness, you'll never find love, that you'll never find true friendships. Don't apologize for your friendships. Don't apologize because you found happiness, because you're actually happy with your career. You're learning things that you actually wanted to learn. Don't apologize for those things. Be the very best version of yourself and be happy. Who cares with all the haters? Who cares about what they think of us or what they think of you? Be the best version of yourself and and enjoy life. There's that other passage in the Bible in the first letter to the Corinthians 9.26 where Paul says, I did not run uncertainly. I did not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. He made his blows count. And we can too. With the time that we have, we can make our time count for something. You know, why not use it and spend it in a university? Why not use it and spend it in a career or or a business or start something that you've always wanted to do? Why not? That's the best version of yourself. And, And true happiness is not going to come to you by having money. It'll help. (laughs) I think it'll help. But I think true happiness comes to us when we we finally seek our passions and we achieve our goals. And that's true happiness. That's the measure of success. In any case, I, I hope that this is a positive message to people if you're listening, wherever you are. I hope that you never forget that time is very precious. Time is very valuable. And that the time we have left, we don't have time for excuses. We need to go for it. We need to know the past, what happened to us, to understand what's happening today and avoid the pitfalls today. And whatever life really is, you know, if there is a God, if there isn't a God, If it was just all just a big mistake, this little blip in time, whatever it is, one thing's for certain, that life is precious. And if you don't feel that way, it can be. It's just going to require a bit of work. Go out and seek the things you want to seek. Go out and be the man you want to be. Be a better man. But don't get stuck in the past. Now, the things in the past that have already happened, we cannot change. But we can change what's coming in the future. But it starts with today. Help people around you and reach for the stars. And while you do that, we'll see you in the next one.